Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movies on the Rocks. I am your amazing host and uh, and uh, and and your friend, my friend, our friend, um, Tomas uh, Biriel. And uh, on the podcast, we also have my brother, Goody. Hi, y'all. Hello. And if he's talking out of a box, just understand he still lives uh, probably with a telephone booth. So just you know, uh, be, be- <laughs> no, 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 no. I moved up. I'm- I'm, oh. I'm, I've upgraded the rotary, so it's a nice. good time now. Yay. Now, actually, yeah. it, looks like a, it looks like a home phone. It's going to be amazing. Man, oh. No, no, one, no one knows what any of this technology is. Exactly. Yes. The, no one understands that the aspects of a rotary phone or a home telephone line. Anyways, no, yeah, but we're having some uh, some audio issues today, but we're just going to roll with it because that's how we do things. We like the fucking Wild West on this show. We're just going to deal with it and move on, man. The show must go on. Anyways, I like it. And, and also on the on the podcast, as always, I got we got our boy Derek the Bidet Bidez. Oh God, here we go again. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> so um just wanted to um let you guys know um we are hanging out and actually I forgot my fucking drink today. I'm just so excited to the podcast. I totally forgot my drink. But anyways, we're just gonna roll with it. Um the podcast today, and we may I may go out, you know, at a halftime point and say, Okay, time to get a drink. Um, and, um, today we are going to be, uh, drinking some of us that are drinking and talking about a specific motion picture with movies on the rocks. The whole point of the podcast as always is we drink while we talk about motion pictures. Uh, the way we're handling the movies is each week, uh, regardless of genre, we are doing a movie in alphabetical order. So last um, last episode, we talked about the seminal anime motion picture known as Akira. Uh, we spoke of that ad, ad nauseum. Um, and then we this week, we will be speaking, because we're going to let her be, we chose the comedy, 80s comedy classic from the greatest movie summer of all time, movie summer of 84. We are talking about Beverly Hills Cop. Have you guys ever heard about that, that that was the greatest summer movies history? No, really? No, Is I've never actually thing? heard that before. Dude, you guys should look it up. FYI, the summer summer of 1884 had just about every fucking huge movie come out. I think Goonies came out that summer. I think Beverly Hills Cop. I don't know Beverly Hills Cop came out that summer. Uh, Temple of Doom came out that summer. Um, no way. Dude, it's insane. Uh, the That's draft a pretty house- solid lineup. Back in 2014, the Draft House actually had Summer of '84, and every every two weeks they were showing a different movie that came out during the Summer of '84 in the summer. It was insane, dude. It was great. I don't know what other movies, but there was a ton of movies that came out in 1984 in the summer that are just. I think Gremlins is one of them. I think Gremlins is one of them actually. Uh, so yeah, it was, it's it's a it's a crazy summer. It was a lot of good movies, especially movies that we all grew up watching. So so yeah, so um. Beverly Hills Cop is one of those. It's a comedy classic. It's basically what made Eddie Murphy a star. He was already a star, but it made him like a leading man star. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna be talking about that today. Uh, um, and um, and uh, yeah, so, so that's what we're gonna be talking about today. If there is something that we talk about, if we say something that is um, you know offensive in any way. Uh, we don't mean to to hurt anybody's feelings, but you know we are going to be saying pretty crass fucking language. I mean, Derek may be talking about uh, you know pustules in his asshole. I don't know. Oh, Goody, God. May, 
Somebody may talk wow. about, you know, genital wow. herpes. Who knows? But wow. whatever we do, it will be wow. fun and entertaining. And all I want to say is that this episode is <laughs> is brought to you by the Peaky Fucking Blinders. No, I'm just kidding. Oh and, my you god. Know, <laughs> We're just going to be talking about everything and everyone, and um, we're going to be just enjoying it as we go. So, uh, gentlemen, anything else for you to say? Yeah, why not, since we're already on this. Um, I did a quick search. There were some badass movies in 84. Terminator, Dune, yes. Police Academy. Um, let's see. Temple of Doom, Karate Kid, uh, Never Ending Story. Prince's Purple Rain, Spinal Tap, 16 Candles. It just keeps going. Dude, I'm serious. Look up the list of movies in the summer of 84, and you're going to see it's going to be, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. How anybody had time to not watch movies in the summer of 84 is beyond me. I mean, that's all we could do. But hey, it's something that's there. It's something to think about. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. The only other one that they say comes close to it is maybe the summer of 82, possibly. Uh, but but the summer of 84 is things. Because, Goody, why? Um, because you watch too many movies and you love movies, and that's always been your thing, for real. That's, yeah, seriously. Yeah, man. Gosh, there's it's so just, many good movies in this era. I'm yeah. just going through them all. They're just all yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah, bro. I'm serious. I'm serious. But so, um, moving right along, um, just want to go ahead and go forward, Goody. Any news topics you want to talk about today? I mean, not just Goody, you, you as well. Derek? You? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Uh, you know so, what, dude? You know I'm not fucking grammatically correct, grammar wise. Look, I'm not the you best. You guys person. have any news to talk about? You got right. any fucking news there, wise guy? All right, all right, all right, all right. So, um, as well, okay. So looking at news, looking at entertainment type of stuff. Now, you know anything from the the first podcast? Just kind of reiterate. I tend to skew towards, uh, you know, I like video games and, and sci-fi type stuff. And so like a lot of times that news will be skewed toward that a little bit. But a couple of things I've, I've seen and I've read about this week coming out, uh, one of the, the things that was kind of very near and dear to my heart, kind of struck me, um, has to do with Back to the Future. I don't know if you guys have heard this. Um, but one of the things that's come out of Back to the Future, which is kind of funny because I didn't think of it as a kind of plot hole, but there was apparently this plot people believe was going on for so many decades um and that i i mean i didn't even consider it i kind of i just sort of like i thought about the plot hole and i'm like well i never really plot. I just kind of like wrote it off pretty quickly because i had a pretty good answer for it but apparently uh and this is apparently big enough where the uh actual screenwriter bob gale he, you know he wrote back in the future right addressed it this week and it has to do with the fact apparently this plot hole has been bothering people for you know 30 some odd years right, since the first movie came out, the fact that why didn't Marty's parents um, recognize him as the guy that basically brought them together? Like, why is it when Dude. they saw their son growing up, like, why, why don't they think, wait a second, that's that kid that we knew and kind of brought us together. And he's also called, oh, yeah, they, Calvin Klein, as they call them, right, because that's what when uh, his mom, you know, when he wakes up yeah. in his mom's room and he's wearing his underwear, that's, that's the brand on the underwear, Calvin Klein. So it's like, why does this ca- guy look like Calvin Klein that we met back in high school? You know, or they and didn't like, remember the name Calvin Klein. Or that, for that matter, yeah, when that became a major brand, you know? Um, but that, and he apparently, I mean, this apparently was a thing that was bothering people for a long time. Um, 
And so before I tell you what his answer was, what do you think? I mean, you guys have had only a second to look at it or think about it, but what do you think is your answer? Why do you think that, you know, what, what could be your answer to how that plot hole was resolved without getting didn't recognize this guy that was growing up mm. in the house, basically? Does it have anything to do with, gosh, I'm trying to remember how the movies all line together, but does it have anything to do with perhaps him undoing the events of his visit through another visit? No, but that's the thing. It doesn't because he never does it. He never undoes the events of the first movie that way. He never does. Mm. Like he, think about it. At the end of the first movie, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, because if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? But like, remember, <laughs> at the end of the first movie, he gets back home, he wakes up in his bed, and, he go, and it's the next day. It's a Saturday morning or whatever it is. You know, um, and that's when he comes out of his room and he notices his house is a lot nicer than it was, and he remembered it because uh, he probably could probably sneak into his bedroom window or something. So like his room, his his house is beautiful. His parents are like in good shape. They're fit. You know, the sis, the brother who worked at I think he's worked at McDonald's um, was wearing a suit. Uh, the sister who was like you know whatever it was she she looks like she obviously works in an office too, and the brother works in an office and all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, the parents, they've had a major, the major like upgrade that, the, in their lifestyle. You know, the parents look like '80s yuppies. You know, and they all look like '80s yuppies, like an '80s yeah. yuppie family. So a big upgrade. Um, and then that's when people say, "Okay, but why don't his parents ever recognize him?" I think they did. That's just my opinion, but that that's just me. So they just didn't. That they were okay with it. Like there was no marital issues. That this kid looks like the guy that, like, you know. George never thought maybe Lorraine was I cheating hope, on him with Marty. He blew back into town. I hope it's not like some cheap ass like scapegoat answer, but gosh, give it to me. Well, the the answer that that the the writer gives is he goes, if you think about it, um, he's only there and only meets them for maybe a couple of hours, uh, a, a couple of days in one week, right? And so his answer is like. How many times, only like not even an entire week did they spend together with these people. They only spent a couple of days out of that week with them. And so he said, how many times do you, would you be able to go back, it depends on the school, right? But go back to your high school yearbook. And if you had a big senior class, there's probably someone in your senior class that you never really talked to, you talked to a couple of times, that if you saw them 30 years later, you know, you're not thinking anything, you're not going to recognize them. You're not going to really buy into it. Like they're not going to think, he looks like Marty. He looks like Marty. They're gonna. They might even register it because that was this one guy they met a couple of days when they're in high school, and now they're seeing him thirty years later. Like that's how he kind of took it as that. He really, as much as he brought them together, but he didn't really spend, honestly, really spend all that much time with them. And so, I mean, I mean, yeah, there, there's I people. Know. I mean, there's there's people that you know, like, or I mean, for for me myself and my brother, I mean. We moved around so much growing up as kids that I mean, there's people if you were to, if you were gonna put them in front of me that came either from for us it was different for high school because we were with high school people that we knew from like Goody was in the same people from like fifth grade to to graduating high school I was in the same people from eighth grade to we graduated high school we went to a private school but if you put and somebody we also, also had a very small class yeah we had like, small class I had that, thirty people in mind Goody had fifty. Yeah, and then and then then you go to these classes or today that are like you know like the 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 ones that you know the graduating classes in a regular public school and you're talking you know 
seven, eight hundred people or something, you know. And I mean, I, I don't know how big the, the high school was compared, you know, in, in comparison in Hill Valley and graduation time in the 50s. But I would assume it's probably like three, four hundred kids. I would think it's even smaller than that. I mean, I think about like, yeah, I mean, these these schools were probably only, I mean, a hand, maybe a few hundred students, I would think, maybe south of a thousand. Okay, let's, 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 say, let's say 300. Yeah, yeah. In your senior class. So, I mean, I, 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 get, I, I, I think it's a plausible, you know, answer. I mean, that's a plausible response. I think whenever I think back to that scene where, you know, they're at the dance and Marty kind of just hands off the mom to the dad, they kind of lock eyes and they don't really, it's almost like they're sucked into each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it seems like it'd be an easy face to forget whenever you're not focused on Marty anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you might remember there was a person, you know, but I'd be surprised if you even remember the name. I mean, 50 years later. No, exactly. 30 years later. 30, exactly. 30 years later, yeah. Calvin. <laughs> good point. Good point. So, anyways, but yeah. All right, cool, Goody. That's good. That's good, man. All right. You got anything else? Um, well, one thing, going skewing to the video game deal, a uh, few things. Uh, one, um, obviously, because of this lockdown, uh, one of the big things that has happened is that the Nintendo Switch is apparently very difficult to get nowadays. Uh, they're apparently not easy to buy. Uh, and part of it uh, is that people have been programming bots to quickly snap them up so they can buy and buy them, buy them, buy them from, you know, whatever different digital or, you know, really? brick and mortar retailers to then resell them because people are trying, because obviously with all, you know, what's, 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 what's going on, the Switch is a big deal and, and video gaming yeah. in general has become a big deal. Um, and so the Switch, you know, especially because, you know, what's helped that is Animal Crossing, which is like, you know, everyone's talking about how it's like the perfect lockdown sort of game to play. So people want that game. They want the Switch. The Switch is hard to find because people are snapping them up with bots. Uh, to, the, to, the, to the point that a couple of things. One, Animal Crossing has apparently, at least for Nintendo, um, well, one of them is that people are now like trying to buy Nintendo DSs to play the Nintendo DS Animal Crossing, uh, which I think was called New Leaf. Just so they can kind of get that fixed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I was on Amazon last night because the girls want to get Animal Crossing. My my daughters, everyone, and they want to get Animal Crossing New Horizon, which is one for the Switch. But I'm a little upset with that Animal Crossing because if once you open that up and you start playing Animal Crossing New Horizon, if you have more than one person play if, and you find everything, that's it. You can't do anything else. Yeah. yeah, they don't allow like multiple profiles, uh, like multiple yeah. islands. And the one, it, there's only one island per Switch console. So like you have to be yeah. sharing an island with multiple people in your household. So the girl's saying they can handle it. We'll see how that rolls. So, Just, uh, yeah. so, so my wife, I already had a Switch, fortunately, right? So I didn't have to deal with that. And I mentioned to her, I think you really like this, you know, Animal Crossing game. And, um, She's like, no, no, I don't think I'll play with it. Two days later, she's like, hey, I want to play Animal Crossing. And she downloads it. She's hooked on it. She starts playing it <laughs> rigid, rigid, like crazy. She asked me to get her her own Switch. <laughs> I realized that they're back-ordered. Can't get you them anywhere. Get, you just get a DS Lite, dude. Just get her a DS Lite. That's like $100 less, and you can still play the game. Um, what? A DS Lite? You can, 
No, you can't get it. Yeah, it's not, look, I, I was actually I watched the show. I watched I think the they're very show. Different. Really? And no, no, they are like like people like the people on there said like they're all they're all Animal Crossing fans. One of the people in this people the streaming show I watched, and they said like they they, they you know just for the sake of nostalgia went back to they want to try out because they pulled out their DS and they started the Animal Crossing on the DS and they're like. Sorry, can't sorry. Do that. Not the S light. Sorry, and, and I'm I'm drinking alcohol now, just so you know. Switch uh, light. Switch light. My bad. Switch light. Switch light. Yeah, Those I don't think you can find any too. switch. Oh, you They're can't gone. find any switches anywhere, dude. Oh, I found I found some last night on on Amazon. And on were they Guy. were they at like two hundred dollars or were they at like five hundred dollars? What I see in the four. I saw them on Best Buy for two hundred bucks. I don't know if dude, you saw that. You should have. I don't think you, you saw might, that. You, you should have bought it. I'm looking at Amazon now. There's none of them. They're all sold out. Let me see. Anyways, oh wait, no. There's here's a Switch Lite for three hundred dollars, and it should be two hundred. Yeah, no, yeah, that yeah, that I did see. I did see Switch Lite for like three hundred bucks. Ah, oh, yep. Animal Crossing's blowing everything up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but along with that, apparently that is the um, that has been such a huge success for Nintendo, like the, the digital sales of that site, that it's just basically just kind of, um, well, there's one thing I've read, which is essentially that Animal Crossing has become the biggest digitally sold item in console history. Like it's the most sold game digitally in console history, apparently. Really? Like even more than Breath of Wild, huh? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I mean, I played the Animal Crossing thing a little bit after we bought it, but I don't know if it's my speed. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought about it too, but uh, I don't know if I would get that into it. I mean, it, I like seeing what people are doing in that game, but I don't know if I have the patience to want to do that much or the time because like, it's all in real time. And yeah, you can mess up the systems like clock and all that, but like, you can't really make things... When it comes to events, and I don't know, I, I, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me that, um, I, I don't know, it's it, it, the whole real-time aspect of it, and I bet I would like it for a while, but I don't know if I'd stick to it long enough, and there are people that get really, really elaborate. I guess I'm saying, I have other things, a lot of the people that are playing it and really hardcore, like, it, it's almost like this, this lockdown thing is making gamers from non-gamers, as they say, you know, like, they're getting really into this thing, they're really getting into Animal Crossing, but they don't really play anything else, you know? Where yeah. I have a lot of other options to play that I don't necessarily need that to scratch the itch. Yeah, I mean, if it's, uh, I think with the advent of you know the virus and whatnot, people have obviously needed to find alternative methods to keep entertained, and some of that looks like Zoom. Some of it looks like I mean, I, I read an article about people are buying bicycles like crazy because it's a good easy fitness thing that you can do for folks that aren't into fitness. Right. Um, and, and the switch just switch and animal crossing are kind of a perfect time thing there. Yeah. Well, here it is. I I finally saw it. Animal crossing has set the record for the most digital copies sold in a single month in its launch month of March. It sold 5 million digital copies in in March. It's the launch month. Yeah. Jeez. So that's pretty pretty crazy, yeah. And it's still selling. It's still selling. So yeah, I think yeah. we only bought ours maybe a week and a half ago. So 
Uh, let's see. Um, I did have one topic I wanted to bring up. Um, the and I mentioned to, to Tomas that uh, today the new Ghost in the Shell animated series launches on Netflix, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to get mixed reviews. But I will probably be binging over the next like five hours to watch that whole thing. Oh yeah, dude, for real. I'm gonna be tough. I'm gonna start doing that too. Why? Why do you think mixed reviews? Well, so um, they released a handful of trailers. And the trailers were up on uh, YouTube and just a quick temperature gauge, thumbs up and thumbs down. And it was an overwhelming thumbs down. So I am, and I I feel like, I think I mentioned this last week, but I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a whole lot longer leash than anybody else just because I'm such a fanboy, Right. And if I'm this hesitant at this point and I want to like it, I don't know how bad it's going to get before I just have to say goodbye, you know? Mm. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not giving it enough uh, credit, right? I haven't seen it. That's, that's one fact, right? So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's got a shot at being better than garbage. So <laughs> Better than garbage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is... That is uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great that's a great explanation of your feeling. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's better than garbage. It's it's better than garbage, but it's not it's it's not as bad as raccoon shit, which is almost there. Well, you know, you know, at the very least, though, um, I mean, at least you're giving it the benefit of the doubt or lack of knowledge, and so that's good. At least I don't know, better than garbage. Uh, I like that. I gotta use that. I'm gonna use that. In the future. Write that down. Write that down. It's better than flaming garbage, yeah. But that was my only little news thing. That's good. That's good. Well, okay. Well, I got one actually, and I wanted to talk to you guys because I was Goody. Goody got me on this app. Um, I know this is. I'm gonna sound like an old motherfucker here, but he got me on this app last year called Flipboard, and so I. (laughs) I Okay. <laughs> and I and I've been reading it, and so so I have it set up for all my Star Wars shit and everything like that, and all this pop culture. So I get a lot of good news from there. But there was a theory that came up. Have Have you been watching? Oh, please, God, Derek, please tell me you sat down and started watching Clone Wars, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not far into it, but yeah. But did you did you do? Are you doing it? Are you doing it chronologically? Or are you just watching it? So I started off with the very beginning of the season one, which I know is not chronological order. I wanted to watch, I think I wanted to get five episodes in, see if I wanted to watch more. And I only got three in. I do intend to watch more. Um, but if I can make it past that fifth episode, then I'll do chronological. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just so, because I know that, I, I don't know if it's then or there, but I know that this, the, the movie that came out in 2007, of course, we talked about it. The movie that came out in 2007, it, show, it, it comes around there sometime. It's around there in the first episode. In the I first think in that, in that list you, you, that I've been using and that people use, I think you sent me once a long time ago, like they put it like you watch the movie after the first two episodes and then you watch the movie. Whatever the first two episodes are, which I don't think are even the first episode of season one, I think they're even later stuff. Like, it's yeah. all out of order. Like, it's like you watch two episodes, and then you watch the Clone Wars animated film that came out in 07, and then you watch the rest of them, and you want, and in whatever order the, uh, the recommendation falls. Yeah. 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 So, but either way, but I, I didn't know that, like I said, until I was like three, 
four seasons in. And I, and I realized, like, this shit's out of order. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Why is this done? But whatever. And I was cool with it. But I was just like, okay. But yeah, but so... It's like so, they but, fucking but, consulted Tarantino on this shit. Yeah, seriously, dude. Um, but but uh, man, it's 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 that guy, man. It's a uh, uh, Dan Phil- Dan Filoni, bro. Filoni. Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. I'm sorry, I'm drinking now. I'm drinking. Uh, Dave Filoni. <laughs> like all Dave of us Filoni. haven't been drinking the whole time. <laughs> yeah, really. It's because I'm so happy to be talking to you guys. You know. Oh God! But, next, but, next topic. <laughs> Dave Filoni, yeah, I mean, I don't know why he did it that way, but he did it that way. It's just kind of crazy. I think he's just hoping that you know we're smarter than enough to follow the show. But either way, he he he, you know, he's like in my mind, he's like George Lucas now. I mean, he's he's taken this so much farther and so much better than George Lucas ever has. I mean, I, I can't say it. I mean, with the Mandalorian because he was a part of that with John Favreau, and, you know, and then the new Clone Wars episodes, which are fucking amazing. Like these last episodes have been so good, but sorry, I'm off topic here. The reason why I wanted to say it is because the last episode of Clone Wars, dude, did you watch it, Goody? No, I, I honestly I haven't even started doing that, dude. The last episode of Clone Wars, which came out last week, the sh- that episode is the ep- it, it takes place like just before the Battle of Coruscant with General Grievous. Like, you know, it's insane, dude. And it's right before Order 66. Like, we're going to be getting Order 66 on the show, dude. Like, it's insane. Mm. It's insane, man. Oh, I so, mean, so season seven runs concurrent to uh, Revenge of the Sith? Now it does, yeah. Wow, okay, okay. It's, it's running concurrent. As of right now, it is concurrent with season six. Because with episode it, three? Okay. With episode, with episode three. Season seven, sorry, because in in the beginning of episode three, I mean, whatever. I'll tell you anyways. Asuka Tano shows up. She rejoins the Jedi, or she rejoins uh, as an advisor, as as an as an observer. She's a part of an observer, but they give her her lightsabers back. You know, Anakin doesn't give a shit about you know stuff like that. But he gives her a lightsaber back, and Obi Wan comes in, and he's like, "We have to go." General Grievous is attacking Coruscant. Oh, dude. Maybe I'll just start with the current season. Start with the current season because you really don't need. Um, the only thing you need to know is that the main girl, the girl Ahsoka Tano, she left the Jedi and she came back. Like she's back in the show. But watch the first, watch the Got current it. season. Memorized. Watch, watch the current season. It's worth it. It's worth it, dude. The current season is dope. It's good. It's really good. It's really really good. And plus, you know, every episode starts off with her like is like um, it goes uh. Uh, news of the day or whatever they have a voice like that is like siege at Mandalore. You know what I mean? Like that. Guy. Oh yeah. What are they? That gosh. The, the East uh, Eastern Atlantic accent, which was never actually like a real accent. They used it because it was showy. Yeah, they did it for the radio and stuff like that. So yeah, so like like this episode, I'm like siege at Mandalore. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy stupid. But either way, like it, it was a really good episode, and so far it's been an amazing season. And this episode, um. They show it on when, when it says episode nine on the list, but on the show it says part one, and it's the name of the episode. And you know, there's only four episodes left, so it's you know four episodes including this one are left. So each episode is going to be a different part, so they're all going to be continuing on. And like I said, but it's like right up on Revenge of the Sith, and there's even shots of Jedi's, and it says uh, you know it talks about how this is this is a theory I'm getting to. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to give you guys some context. The theory that they talked about is that 
the reason you you know this is already like right up against it is because in the beginning when they have that Eastern Atlantic voice in guy in the beginning in the beginning of the episode when he, when he starts talking he says Jedi spread thin across the outer rim which is what happened in the movie they were everywhere and that's why they were able to get killed because they didn't they they weren't you know so close yeah. together you know they sw- they yeah they split them all up yep yeah. makes sense so, so, so there's there's scenes in the in the in the Clone Wars that are like where the um like you see like Plo Koon in his ship. You see uh, another like um this other um Twi'lek uh, Jedi uh, Master Goody. You probably know her name. I don't remember her name right now. She she's like there with her people and it's like with her with her clone troopers and they're all there. You know Plo Koon gets destroyed in his ship by by the by the by the others by the uh, the clones so it's it's really good it's a really good and it, the, the theory was that this is where you're, you're going to start seeing it and everything is coming to fruition in the episode dude i think i might add that to my watch list i think i can squeeze in some 20 minute episodes and it should be easy Bro, enough they're worth it man they are worth it goody what do you think Is he, he, he leaves him? Oh, he can't hear anything now. Okay. No, we didn't get cut off, Goody. No, he, he got cut off on the call. Because he can't hear anything. So, guys, we're back. Um, uh, Had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, but we're all good. Goody, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Good. All right, awesome. All right, so since the last time... When we did an episode of Akira, I tried to give a synopsis and it turned into a fucking uh, dissertation. I'm going to go ahead and leave the synopsis to Derek. So, Derek, why don't you go ahead ahead and bring the synopsis into fold? All right. So, um, it starts... Like I said, this is brought to you by the peaky fucking blind ass. Oh, God, Jesus. All right. Um, So, uh, movie picks up with what I thought was kind of a wise uh, decision choice where they kind of just show um, some of the more rough neighborhoods of Detroit. And uh, this guy who we later learn is Axel Foley, Axel Foley um, is in the back of like a box truck haggling over what you probably perceive as some kind of uh, stolen cigarette. I don't know. What was, what was his cigarettes. name again? What was, what was his name again? Axel Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I cannot. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, it turns out that Axel Foley is uh, playing an undercover police officer. He uh, goes through, like he likes to try and get things done his own way. He's a loose cannon police, uh, one of those kind of, you know, personas. Um, he doesn't like doing things by the book, but he gets it done and he does a really good job, better than most. So, um, he bumps into a buddy of his um, or his buddy is in his apartment or something breaks in and he hasn't seen his buddy in a long time. Apparently he's just out of jail um, and they go out on the town. His buddy accidentally gets uh, not accidentally somebody, somebody murders him and Axel decides that he's going to investigate because he doesn't believe that anybody else is going to handle it. And it's about his endeavor to get all the way to Beverly Hills and Unroll, uh, uh, like unravel uh, the mystery. Find out why his buddy got killed. What's going on? 
And Beverly Hills PD doesn't like him very much because obviously he's out in their turf and they like to do things by the book and he's never read the book. So that's basically the premise of the movie. Uh, okay. Well, that, hey, well, that's that's actually better than I would that did last week. So fucking good on you, mate. Well, awesome. it's because he, he he knows what the meaning of the word synopsis is, which is not exactly a play by play of every single plot point in detail and you know <laughs> bit of minutia in the film. Synopsis is that it's just a, well. If you want, I can you know, read off the script. I, I could do that. I mean, we could do that. That'd be fun. But anyways, but yeah. So let's 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 talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie then. I mean, what? Uh, what? Uh, let's talk. Go ahead, guys. Knock yourselves out because you guys are a bunch of assholes, and I think I should just not be in the conversation anymore. So you know what? Fuck you both. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So I oh, guess no, no, this no, is you a podcast now. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, okay. One thing that you kind of referred to right in the beginning, um, and I and I just like was something that I thought about when I was watching this. Because I have not, I have not seen this movie. Uh, wow, I'm gonna say, Dude, I mean, I mean I at least tw- probably thirty years for me. I, I mean, I don't think I have seen this movie since like watching it off of VHS, either in the late '80s or in the early '90s. Like it's exactly. been, it's been at least been, two decades since I've seen this it's, movie. At it's least. been a minute. It's been a minute, as they say, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> More like twenty, but yes, a minute. Yeah, it's it's been it's been like like twenty years or so, and so I think I've seen I think I've seen I've seen part two and part three more than I've seen part one. Yeah, I yeah, think I have to this. I've seen all three of them in the last five years. Really? Yeah, <laughs> man, I haven't seen part two and part three in at least five ten years. No, I haven't. I, it's definitely been since before. It, it would be I, I don't even know. I might have not even seen part three since. You know, maybe the early two thousands. Maybe at, at, at does the, it hold know, the up? Though? Does it hold up to your nostalgia? Because you actually have like a time frame, right? That's passed over time, and 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 sometimes things are they're more fondly remembered than reality, I, right? I well, think this movie holds up. I think, well, it does. And, and and the reason why I think it holds up is because, and this is what my whole thing was going to get into was, is that you said like how you said it's like. He does it. He goes by his own, you know, he has his own book. He doesn't go by the book or that, that kind of persona. You said that. And to me, I, my, my, my word, of course, is that I'm thinking trope. But then I think back and I'm like, but this is the time when those kinds of tropes were kind of being made, you know, mm-hmm. or that kind of trope mm-hmm. was yeah. invented. So like, so when you watch this movie, um, it holds up for me because I have it as a nostalgia and I watch it and it's still a classic 80s action film, cop stuff, comedy. There's always that same kind of route. Where it's like, it's like, yeah, those, those gunshots that are like, definitely not what they sound like. But like you hear the, it's like you see this, it's like always funny, funny, funny. But there's always in those movies, that moment, even ones that are kind of like advertised as comedy, where they're like funny, 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 like kindergarten cop kind of reminds me of this too. Where like, but then there's that point where you see the, the tone of the movie changes and it becomes serious because now it's when the plan of the villain comes together and then people there are real people in danger or whatever and like the kind of exactly. the laughs the, the laughs go away because now it's like that serious part of every comedy action film that you have to have right yeah, yeah. i mean i mean exactly i mean i think with this movie i think this movie if you think about it and in my mind i don't think there was a movie like this before where it was an action comedy with a cop i mean i never i can't think of another movie before this movie that was like an action comedy. Well, I mean, well, when did Lethal Weapon come out? 
Either one of them was like 86, 87. Mm, yeah, see, this might be one of the first major popular, yeah, 87, um, one of the first popular kind of movies like this. I'm sure somebody, if you if you know of something better than this, hit us up on, on Twitter or whatever. We'll give you our handle at the end, but um, I, am, I am anxious to see how, if this one is like really the first well-performing, um, like, like you mentioned trope where you got the, the cop who is on the loose. He wants to do good by his own rules, blah, blah, blah. And you know, the police chief is had it up to here and can't take any more of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, well, yeah. And, 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 and the thing is that like, even then I even see lethal weapon is a slightly different kind of genre only because oh, slightly different subgenre only because like, this movie, like, like *Lethal Weapon*, is action film, but it has my, comedy elements. Yeah, but like this was a movie where the starring guy is a comedian. Like he was a comedian. He wasn't some action star. He wasn't a bodybuilder. He wasn't like he was a comedian. He was from freaking *Saturday Night Live*. All right, this guy was a cast member of *Saturday Night Live*, and now he's the leading man in this big action cop movie. You know, and so like that kind of alone makes it somewhat different in that, you know? And so, because you look at, you look at Ian Murphy, like he's not a built guy or anything. He's just, you know, not, I don't get that from this movie at all. You know, he's not this big actiony guy at all. Um, and no, they, have and they didn't, they didn't really try his, his abilities, you know, either. Like he, he's not a superhuman in this movie, right? No, 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 yeah, he's not. I mean, he's he not super shot. cop. That's for sure. Yeah, he's not super for cop sure. Right away, you know? But, yeah, and I was I was like surprised at some of the scenes. Like, I mean, like that whole beginning scene of the movie with the truck chase. I'm like, dude, they went through a neighborhood. Like, I mean, there's people on the side of the road in front of their houses, and they're watching as cars just get destroyed in front yeah. of them. Like, you I mean, you can't do that ton. shit nowadays. <laughs> yeah, you can't do any of that anymore. This well, is a lot of it, and I think a lot of it is because it's so expensive. Now you can use it all, do it all with CGI. You know, I mean, look, Fast and the Furious. They make some pretty big set pieces. There's a lot of things being destroyed, but how much of it is actually being destroyed and how much of it is CGI now, you know, like you can do exactly. a lot more of that now. Um, and you don't necessarily have to like ruin a neighborhood whoa, or destroy whoa, your whoa, city. Whoa, 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 All of those stunts in all of the Fast and Furious movies are totally real. I know. Vin Diesel would do anything especially, else. Yeah, especially sure all practical effects. Yes, yes, you know, especially especially the one where they're when they're fighting a submarine. That's a total submarine for real, dude. Oh, I thought yeah, you were going to go to the one where they drove the car out of a building into another building in Badoop. No, that's uh, that's that's computers. That's computers. I'm talking about the submarine scene, dude. Is is all real, baby? They got they bought some submarine on eBay or some shit. Yeah. And you never believe the things you can get out of Russia. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Have you seen that documentary? That documentary is oh, the shit. Geez. Anyways, but I, I got, I'll find you that documentary. Good, you'll love it. All right, because it takes place in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> the guy well, who owns the guy who owns uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you, it's one of the strip clubs in Coral Gables is one of the guys who, in the documentary. But anyways, go ahead, Goody. Well, anyway, so yeah, it, it held up because when I watched the movie and I knew it's one of those where if you get someone that doesn't get how this is a movie that kind of helped to bring about these tropes. You'll watch that movie and for a lot of, and then it's even some older people will talk about this in like critics and reviews and stuff, but with other movies, but like they'll watch the movie, they'll see the children like, Oh, okay. Or it's, 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 it becomes very predictable, but that's because everything that's come out after that point 
was kind of based in that framework, whereas this movie was one of the first to do it. Yeah, so they the copy, had they're copying from here, you know? Yeah, or, so the trope had not been set up. This. Yeah, the trope had not been set up, but now you watch that movie today, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I've seen this before, or yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a very, it's tropey, because now it is, but it wasn't back then. So when I watched it, a small part, some part of me was like, oh, whatever, but then I'm like, but then I sort of like, kind of rationalize it away. I'm like, no, I'm not, I enjoy that. I'm actually enjoying it because I kind of went away with, oh, but this is a trope. This was what they set it up. This was the first one to do it or one of the earliest to do it. So that made it okay. And that made the movie that could have been spoiled by nostalgia and spoiled by the 30 years post of movie experience that I've got. But I came to enjoy it because I was able to push it aside because I'm like, no, logically, rationally, it's a trope now, but it wasn't back then. And this was my first one. So I have to appreciate it for that reason. And I, for I, sure. I liked it. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Totally enjoyed it. I mean, I, I mean, in, in my thing, in my opinion, I think that, I mean, like in this movie, I, I, I'll tell you right now, this movie always has a, a big place in my heart because of uh, Joe, judge Reinhold. He like totally, I think he like see steals every scene he's in because he's just absolutely hilarious. in just about every scene as just like this, this young cop that super naive wants to keep everything by the book, but he also has this kind of like, you know, kind of like a, I guess you could say kind of like a, uh, uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he holds kind of like a, he looks at Axel and he sees, look at this guy. He's so freewheeling and I'm, and I'm just, I have to be so buttoned up and I just kind of want to open it up. And you, you, you see him open up near the end of the, at the end of the movie, but it's like that kind of thing where he wants to just kind of open up and do good work, but he has to be so buttoned up because he's a Beverly Hills police officer. Kind yeah. Of like so, he got into that. He wanted to be a police officer to help people, but now he just, he's stuck between all the red tape, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which was cool. And then you see him kind of open up as the movie went along, especially at the end when he goes out with Axel. He knows this is the right thing to do, so he just goes with it. So, sidebar in regards to, to Judge Reinhold. Have you guys seen the Santa Claus? The, uh, yeah. the old one from the 80s? Uh, I think no, it's from no, like no. 94. Tim, Allen. Tim Allen in Tim it. Tim Allen, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of the Santa Claus movie. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Santa Claus. That's the only thing that I can remember him from, and I still immediately recognized him and was like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, dude. No, no. What about – haven't you ever seen uh, the classic Fred Savage star? What is it called, Goody? You know the name. What? I'm sorry. What are you talking about? The, the movie with Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. You know the name, dude. Judge Reinhold I know the name. and Fred Savage. Yes. The classic motion picture, Vice Versa. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Okay. Oh, my God. One of those classic <laughs> body-switching parent yes. movies. Okay, great. What? I have yeah. not ever heard of this. I'm going to have to watch this. Oh, no, dude, no it's, you, really, it's, you really don't. <laughs> it's, I mean, what? it's... Have you, ever seen, have you ever seen Freaky Friday? Yeah, it's the same yeah. shit, but it's with the same, guys. It's the same concept. But with dudes. Actually, Is this the original I, trope before it was a trope? No, 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 no. no. Freaky Friday Freaky is the original, Friday is the original trope, yes. 
Jeez. Yeah, no, it's it's a body swapping movie that came out like in 89, 88 with Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold, where Judge Reinhold was the dad and his life was, you know, in shambles. He's divorcee. And Fred Savage is his son who he's like, his dad doesn't understand him. You know, that whole preteen angst and all that bullshit. And so they swap bodies. And so Fred Savage is not the dad, and the dad, you know, they 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 see the world through each other's eyes. It's bullshit, but it's just an '80s movie, and it's just it's got Fred Savage and Jen Reinhold. It's not, it's not, it's definitely not their best work. I'll tell you that right now. Oh okay, look, look, and I knew it because I've always I've always made this association. We saw that movie like three or four times. Well, <laughs> growing look, up, look, 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 I made this association. Okay, okay, I made this association when I was younger, and I was like, wait a second. So, I'm telling you right now why I even thought about this because now here we are on a tangent. But so it's that it's the most classic body swapping pairing kid movies. Well, look, that's with Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold, right? That came out in March of '88. Okay, came out in March of '88. But back in October of '87 was like Father, like Son. Oh yes, with Dud- Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Oh, yeah. That came out in October. All right. Just a few months before, and it was the same <laughs> idea. Father, I think son. We saw that movie too. I think we saw Father like so with Boppy. I think yeah. we saw that with my grandfather. Yeah, we did. <laughs> the point is, the point is that they're the two movies that came out what within six months of each other, and it was the exact same concept. And I'm like, yes. why did who who did do that? Get close to the computer. Get close to the computer. <laughs> Hello. Yes, now we can hear you. You're, you're like you're like fading away, dude. All right, I'm just saying that like I don't get it. I don't understand. It's just uh, it, it was just like there, there, there's within six months of each other, you have the same movie, you know, twice. It's, it's so Hollywood, weird. Dude. I mean, it's it Hollywood. sounds like today's Disney. Yeah, or or just think about this, man. Uh, the, that's the reason why Coco came out when it came out was because three, Coco four the, years the, prior. The book of life. Book of Life, and they were already in. They were already they were in. They were in production at the same time. Book of Life was just ahead, but they had announced Book of Life like five, six years, and at the same time they had announced Coco. But of course, Disney had so much on its slate. They said, "Oh, it's not going to be until uh, 2018." You well, know what I mean? Okay, but, yeah, but, but they were both so good. I, 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 both let me good. ask you. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see. Uh, was it Book of? What was it? Book, Book of, of life. life. Book of Life. But is that the same concept? Little boy goes and speaks his family and... No, no, no. Like, no they talk it's about just the another Day of the Dead movie. And they're okay. Dead yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's fine. Okay. Because those are themes. Those are, that's cultural themes. But these movies, they're the exact same film. They're the same concept. Yeah. It's, it's true. Within it's six months true. of each other, within six months of each other, you have the same body swapping Freaky Friday, except with dudes this time. Okay. I think what they should do is they should make a body swapping movie where one of them dies. And what? then uh, then he just lives out his life in the other body? Yes. Oh god, that's a terrible. Hey, well, hey, why not? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. And for the for, for the hat trick, for the hat trick. The next month after uh what was it vice versa was 18 again. Where Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Which I don't know if you've seen 18 again, Derek, but yeah, 18 again is a movie with George Burns where, guess what? He swaps with his grandson after <laughs> a car accident. It's funny you say this, but there's a, in there a movie with, gosh, was it, it wasn't Zach Efron, it was somebody else. 17 oh, again? Was that, 
No, Zac Efron and uh, Matthew Perry, where they swapped oh, bodies. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, he was he, he, didn't body, he became young. He became young. He went to his he his teenage young. form again. He didn't swap bodies with a teenager. He just became yes. a teenager again. Or 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 thirteen going on thirty. 13, I think we that, could that do that a other. whole episode on I, one trope may, and see how many movies. We may have, to, but we still, have to do a special episode. Still, on tropes. still, still. Not the same tropes, guys. These are body swapping <laughs> movies within a twelve month period. Within a within a seven month period, three different body swapping movies we, came out. Could we? Could we? Could we? Like on in that same on the same tangent, just add like invasion of the body snatchers to it? No, 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 no. Don't work? Just, don't take this from us. Don't destroy this. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, since we're off on a tangent, I'm going to give you one better. Okay. 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 I was I'm trying to be hip like the kids and get on TikTok, right? Just and because you said hip like the kids, you're not. Just yeah, so I know. So on TikTok, there's this video, and the guy talks about how Harry Potter is essentially the same story as Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. That's <laughs> true. It's the it's same true. story. The guy's <laughs> like, "What's this? You've got uncles that don't agree with what you you you're doing." Oh, okay. And wait, there's a mysterious person who dropped you off with your aunt and uncle, but now they're back to bring you into this magic world. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've got a thing for a scruffy, funny guy. Han Solo versus uh, 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 fucking Ron Weasley. <laughs> Same thing. That's hilarious, dude. And then Han Solo goes gets with uh, Princess Leia, Hermione, and Ron. Yep. There and it you're is. stuck with. And you're stuck with Cho Chang. He didn't even get her. I know. I know. As, as, as I like to call, or as I like to say it in Spanish, Cho Chang. Oh, God. All right. So back to Beverly <laughs> Hills Cop. Okay. Yeah. Back to other thing. Judge Reinhold is, a cl- is, is an American movie treasure. And I'll I think go with he it. Should, I'll buy it. I, I mean, I, dude, I mean, who, who, okay, look, I mean, that guy, I think he's great, super underrated. Well, not underrated. I think he's been in a lot of movies, and he's in a lot of classics. I mean, you said Santa Claus, you know, Beverly Hills Cop series. I mean, he was, I mean, of course, and you can't take away from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I mean, the dude's been in a lot of shit. So I just think, for me, he made the movie, basically. Eddie Murphy was the lead, and he was awesome, but I think you needed somebody who was a good character actor. To kind of give it some gravitas. I'm kidding, gravitas. Bullshit. To give it some, you know, to add some um, spice to it. And, and Judge Reinhold, I think, did did the job. I mean, he did his work. That's such an animated work. face. I think it, it, it does. does well for his comedic style. Yeah, it does. It does. And then, of course, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff. That I was reading up on a lot of stuff for the movie and everything like that. And I, I was reading that, you know, they had a whole list. I, I mean, there's a list of people that they were that, that were up for this movie before Eddie Murphy. I mean, the first guy was... Uh, what's his name? Sylvester Stallone. But look, this is this is the list of the people who 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 they had actually asked um, before they even got to Eddie Murphy. Check this out. This is before they even got to Eddie Murphy. Okay, it's not this is he's not, Eddie Murphy wasn't Plan B. He wasn't Plan C. He wasn't even Plan H. All right. So okay, so they started with Sylvester Stallone. Then they went to Mickey Rourke. Okay. Then they went to Jeff Bridges, James Caan, Billy Crystal. Robert De Niro, Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Mel Gibson. I'm going to read them off to you. Gregory Hines, Michael Keaton, Nick Nolte, Al Pacino, Richard Pryor, Dennis Quaid, Kurt Russell, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why John did Travolta, Pryor turn it down? Robin Williams and Bruce Willis were also considered for this role. <laughs> so these are all the people that were considered for this role. 
I think those might have just been big names of the time. They were trying to make the movie do well. Based I mean, Bruce on Willis wasn't really name at that point. Bruce Willis was just up and coming. He was just he was only on Moonlighting. He had just started Moonlighting at that point because his big role at that point, his first movie was Blind Date. So he wasn't even a, a star. He was just somebody who was a funny TV actor at that point. Yeah, I mean, but you, I mean, in the movie, that I mean, they talk about it. Sylvester Stallone, though, he was, well, apparently he was busy with, uh, uh, what is it, Rocky Three that year. But Yeah, yeah, and, and he, he didn't, he didn't want to be a part of the movie because he, couldn't, he didn't think that an action comedy would work. <laughs> yeah. And they used, and they used, and he, they, he used some of the ideas from the original script in Cobra. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Another wow. classic of motion picture making. There it is. Jeez, yes. I can't believe that. I mean, Richard Pryor. I don't know. Maybe he. I, I haven't seen him in too many movies, so maybe he. Maybe he wasn't cut out for. Maybe he didn't want to do a movie or something. I, I'm not sure. But there's a lot of good names on there. I mean, I'm glad Eddie Murphy did it. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's. It's one of those things where I think the movie is kind of like it was perfect that they went with Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it had ended up being somebody else, I don't know how I would feel about it. But isn't that kind of always the case, though? Like, when yeah. you see these movies and you look at the list of also considered, you're like, oh, man, how could that person have ever pulled it off? But that's because that's what we have in our memory of the person that actually pulled it off, not all the uh, possibilities. So for all we know, they, you know, Indiana Jones could have been awesome with Tom Selleck, for all we know. Oh, God. Um, no way. Rather than Harrison Ford, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, maybe, we'll never know. We'll never know. To the, to the who actually came through in the end and, and brought me the memories that I have, right? But exactly. I mean, geez, I'm. I don't know. There's still bad selections out there, like Adam Driver. I did not like him in any of the Star Wars movies. There had to be a better choice. Hennessy. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. It's it's it's, it's always funny. It's always funny hearing that because you see him in any of any a lot of other things, and he is a really talented actor. I mean, that guy is really really good. A lot of yeah, other stuff I've seen him in. He's a very talented dramatic actor. He's really good at acting. And then, like, yeah, I mean, as much of a Star Wars fanboy as I am, and, and I am a fanboy, um, I will. I I know that there there are moments, a lot of quite a bit, a few moments as. Uh, as Kylo Ren, that could have been like, better, like, especially considering like, I, how good uh, I know who he is. How good I, he's a very good actor. I know he's a really great actor. Like in Black Klansman, he's amazing in Black Klansman. Well, yeah, like, 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 like a lot of things, and he's really good. And I know at that point it becomes a question of, uh, well, I know he's a great actor, so it can't be him. Is it a matter of direction? Is it a matter of the scripts? And he has to like try to elevate the work. I don't know, but. But I don't know who else they would have picked for that role. I mean, who else was in the running for that role? Were they going for kind of relatively unknown people? Because if they were, that's what they got, looks like, to do this. Which I think they were kind of doing that. And I think they were trying to do that. I mean, I yeah, know. I mean, you have uh, quite a few people. I mean, except, I mean, they're all, most of everyone else in the movie are all character actors. I mean, other than Eddie Murphy, no one else is really someone big. I mean, I mean, Bronson Pinchot was not big at that point. He hadn't even gone into perfect strangers yet and really everyone else that was in the movie like i said we're all they're all character actors they're all people that you know are are just there to kind of move the movie along they weren't really super famous or anything you know what i mean so i I don't i just can't picture anyone without that 
crappy, corny laugh that Eddie Murphy has, and he uses it. In the <laughs> yeah, it's so perfect. It that is that's his cool. laugh, but that's his laugh in real life, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I mean, I I just can't picture it other ways. I get it, dude. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, I mean, the movie's got so many of those things. I mean, the other part of the movie, I mean, it's like it was the first hit for Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. You know, Jerry, Jerry Bruckheimer. They, they, it was their first big hit. I mean, I mean, after that, they parlayed it into Top Gun and fucking. Uh, I mean, uh, what's it called? Um, I think they were the producers for God, what was it? The um, the fuck the NASCAR movie with Tom Cruise. What was Days it? Of Thunder. Um, yeah, Days of Thunder. I think they were the producers for that movie too. I mean, they all have the same look. And then, of course, you know, I mean, like he, they, they, Beverly Hills Cop too. Of course, I mean, all the Beverly Hills Cop movies are theirs. I mean, I mean, then you have Rock. You have The Rock. You have uh, fucking Bad Boys movies. You have, I mean, you have all those movies, and it started because of this movie. This is the movie that started Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. I mean, this is what they did. You know, fast forwarding all the way into you know the classic motion pictures known as you know. Um, Transformers. No, I'm kidding. I'm oh kidding. God, come on now! They didn't produce you teamed it up for such a good thing, <laughs> and then <laughs> now they so, didn't produce Transformers. That's all Michael Bay. But I'm just saying that, like, they were the ones that you know they they this was their first big hit, and then you know, like, it just it just went crazy after that, man. So, did anyone notice? Well, Pirates, Pirates was their was their thing, also. Yeah, but go ahead. Inspector Todd, Foley's Detroit chief. All right. I don't remember. I I don't understand how I have such mixed feelings on his, on that character. On one hand, it's played perfectly to what I expect that trope to be. But then on the other hand, that guy can't act for garbage. (laughs) Well, you know do you know why he can't act for garbage? Because he's an actual police cop. Oh, is he? Yeah, dude. He was. I looked into it, and I was like, who is this guy? And it turns out he was actually a detective for the Detroit police. Oh, so he was just in. He just walked in. It was in his office. He was like, yeah, I'll walk over there. And I'll talk to you guys. I mean, I think he ended up being like an actual actor and actually doing shit. But yeah, he was an actual Gilbert Hill. Yeah, he was an actual police officer with the Detroit police. But he's, yeah, he looks like he's only credited with these three movies. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, that's all, that's all it is. But yeah, he was in all three Beverly Hills Cop movies. But yeah, he was actually police. He was an actual police officer for the city of Detroit. That's okay. Then I don't feel as bad because, like, how do you play this character so well and yet me still be disappointed in your acting? I don't get it. <laughs> that's right, and that is why. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna go. Uh, Gilbert R. Hill, a real-life Detroit Police Department homicide detective, played Inspector Todd. Hill later served as president of the Detroit City Council. <laughs> I mean, he, this is all he did. I mean, other than you know, city politics and city government, that's all he did. This is the only thing he did. Man, so, man, it makes sense. Makes sense. Now, now it all fits yeah, yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, dude, for real. I mean, it's pretty crazy, man. But, but yeah, no, I was a. Uh, I was impressed, man. And, you know, so so here, I mean, I mean, what else did you guys want to talk about in the movie? Well, uh, how about the music? I mean, oh, all right. Oh, yeah. So 
I mean, and I don't know how long we can spend on that much because, but honestly, like that that song, of course, is so iconic. And so I, of course, look into it. I'm like, man, is that the guy that did the Mummy Vice theme? Because it's so synthy. I love synth music. Like, I really love synth music. Um, and then, by the way, if you don't know, synthwave is actually alive and well and as a musical subgenre. You can check it out sometime. A lot of people still are make. You sure? Are you sure about that? I am positive of it because I'm really big into synthwave now. <laughs> so, like, I discovered it like about a year ago, and like Amazon Prime Music has a bunch of like like compilations of, or it sounds like stuff that sounds like straight out of the '80s, but they're they're made in like the last ten years, and there's all these different kind of synth groups. But anyway, I think whatever. just because you actually listen to synth music, I'm going to kick you off this call because uh, then you really have no actual taste in music, bro. Whatever, man. I'm, I, I love it. Some of these names. Oh, come on, some of these names. There's one that I like a lot, which is one group. I think the, the one guy. I think the guy. His name is Time Cop 1983. I mean, that's what he's called, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very, very on the nose. Some of these people. Anyway, is, it, is, is, is are there any are there any names with like weird German Scheiser names? You know, like oh my god, that all, wow. that's that synthwave right. and shit like that. You know, just go with it. You know, be like you're like 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 Umster Umfuhr. You know that kind of thing. Wow, wow. no, 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 no one does that. This music is all run by Nazis. All right, you know what? (laughs) I'm just kidding. You're a bad person, and you should feel bad. (laughs) You should feel bad. I don't. I don't. But go ahead, Green. Continue. All right. Well, anyway, (laughs) uh, other. uh, Well, so I thought is it the same guy that did the theme song for for my advice, which it isn't, but he did. Oh, I, I thought you thought you talking about Lalo Schifrin or whatever the heck his name is. No, it's not his name because it, it's not him. But what this guy, the guy, that, the guy that made the theme song for Brothers Cop, did also do the what's called the Top Gun anthem, which is that famous song yes. from Top yes, Gun yes. as well. But um, but yeah, I mean the music itself is iconic. I mean the music is an artifact of its time, very clearly of its time. That that whole synth wave, synth pop sound, which apparently neither one of you respect, but you know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry. Lalo Schifrin did the Mission Impossible theme song. Oh, my bad, dude. My bad, my bad. Okay, well. No, no, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I get it. No, the music is good because the music, you can't not think of that movie and not think of that song. You know what I mean? So That's for like, sure. Like that that movie and that song, I think, are always going to go hand in hand. Oh, you know what's funny? is So the composer of the movie's name is Harold Faltermeyer. So that's cool. Guess where he was born, Goody? Germany. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a perfect, perfect bow on the top of that conversation. I could not have asked for anything better. <laughs> I'm sorry. With that note, with that note, how about? Uh, Goody, I'm crying. Tell me how you feel about this movie. Give me a rating. Is it a must watch? What are your thoughts? Oh, you know what? And again, my thoughts are um, this is, I mean, I don't know if it's a scale you're going to come up with or anything, but honestly, like, it is a must watch. This is one of those classic films. You got to watch it. Um, If for nothing, you have to watch it, but you have to watch it with a grain of salt. because of how quote unquote tropey it may seem, but because of the time, it, it sets the tropes up like we talked about earlier. So you gotta kind of go in there with that knowledge. Um, that's why I don't think 
that there's going to be a certain, there is a very real generation gap that's going to I think, exist with a movie like this. With a lot of movies like this, especially movies from the 80s. Um, so that it, it's going to be, it could be problematic with, you know, younger viewers, um, you know, kids born after maybe 2000 or, you know, something like, I don't know, um, maybe born after 2000, but like, it, it's, there's, there's, there's a certain point where they're going to watch it and be like, uh, okay. And they're not going to buy into yeah. it as much because of the fact that it seems it's so done. They, they get it. And like I said, it's very tropey for them. So they're not going to have that added bit of nostalgia or that ability to excuse it because they're not going to be into it as much. Yeah. It's very, it's very 80s. It's an effect of its time. It's very, very 80s. Yeah, it kind of ends up falling into what I call a I call a Thanksgiving movie. It's the one that you can put on, and no matter what how old you are, somebody's going to watch it because it's the thing that's on when the family's all together. You end up watching it, you know, and by the end, because you were forced to watch it, you're like, "Oh, it was a pretty good movie," but otherwise, you probably wouldn't give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's actually a perfect description for that. Yeah, yeah, because I mean. these are one of those movies that when you were a kid, good. I mean, you guys can know this as well as I do, you know, with cable TV, it was always on like TBS or TNT or, yep. or some shit like that. You always had it somewhere. It was always on like this movie. I mean, you could think, I think of like three or four movies that were like that. This movie, uh, fucking Shawshank Redemption. Oh uh, yeah. Good one. Uh, what's, what's another one that was like that, uh, that got bigger because of, uh, cause of, I mean, this was big already, but I mean, it just, you know, exploded. I mean, you could say, what's another one that was like, a Caddyshack, maybe, yeah. Caddyshack was good like that, but I mean, it just, it just, it just played well because I mean, in reality, if you think about it, they didn't really have to cut much out of this movie. You know what I mean? Except for maybe the the the, the strip club scene and the language. I mean, other than that, how much this movie is really gonna get out? Because the violence you can show on TV. Yeah, I mean, they probably. I mean, they would cut down some of the violence. But I mean, I mean, how much could you really? I mean, yeah, honestly, really honestly, not much no. that has to with with the dubbing that they'll do over the few cuss words or whatnot. It's probably going to make it onto cable TV pretty regularly. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and 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 you can do. I mean, editors could do a field day with this movie, and it could make it for TV. You know what I mean? Like you could, especially on cable, because cable had a little bit more of a leeway. You know what I mean with some for sure. movies, for sure. So even even in the '90s and '80s, cable had some leeway. You know, they could they could show a little bit more because it wasn't it wasn't network TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just one of those things, dude. I mean, like I didn't realize until honestly, honestly, I'm not even joking. I didn't even realize, and me and my brother saw this movie when we were like, you know, when the movie came out, like with Shawshank Redemption. I didn't realize Shawshank Redemption was R-rated. Oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't realize it was R. I thought it was just a hard PG thirteen, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, and then, and then, were different and then, back then. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was a hard PG thirteen when I was a kid, because my dad let us watch it. You know what I mean? Like, well, and my dad let us watch some stuff. I'm, I'm like, I mean, there was one movie he didn't let us watch, which we saw anyways, which was Rising Sun. But I mean, my dad wasn't really too hard on us with motion pictures, you know, with movies. I mean, I mean, I mean, we would watch a lot of stuff when we were kids. It's R rated, but I mean, yeah, I mean, and Dad, love you, Dad, awesome, <laughs> but. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I mean, he said he took us to go see Commando when I was six years old, and my brother was four. So oh, I mean, geez, dude. <laughs> so I mean, no wonder what happened to you guys. 
I well, mean, could, I mean, that that we're very we're very well adjusted, no human beings. Yeah, well, that 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 may have been a mistake. Looking back, <laughs> as a as a father myself, I don't know. My no. I mean, I'll I'll let my kids watch Commando. There's nothing bad in that movie. Um, I, I don't know if you saw the same movie I saw. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're just remembering the TBS edited version or something. Because... <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, yeah, no. I mean, there's movies that I can't believe we saw as kids. I'm like, how did they even let us see this movie? <laughs> but in, but as far as when it comes to Beverly Hills Cop, I mean, I mean, the movie was done in a way that I think. Well, I don't think it was on purpose, but the way the reason why it just trans it just transferred so well to cable was because. You didn't really have to cut much out, and it would be in "quote unquote" for you know time purposes. But in reality, I mean, there wasn't much that you had to worry about, and especially that strip club scene—you only see the stripper for like what, maybe three, four seconds. Yeah, that's true. They could just be in a club in a bar with music, and you don't yeah. even see anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, oh wait, well I cut off Goody. Sorry. Um, what what was your what was your invalidation of the movie? No, I mean I, I don't. I mean I don't really remember. I'm just the point is that it's a it is a must watch for its time. But yeah, the qualifier I'll say is that it's gonna it's what's happening in this movie and what I I'm, I'm seeing more and I think because we're doing this podcast I, I'm probably gonna pick up on I'll pick up on this a lot more is that I'm finally realizing that there are just some movies that there comes a certain point where people won't get it or like it and can't get it or can't like it because of whatever reason it is, it's just too antiquated. Right. And you know, you have, you, you have, and and you have those old movies from like the thirties and forties and black and white films. But like, for some reason, people are willing to accept that. But when you pull out a movie from the eighties or even the nineties where some things are, are dated, like people are, are going to label it as cringy a lot faster than they would a movie from the forties, which maybe, maybe that's because that's so far in the past, the ones in the forties or thirties or fifties that like, you have to accept that kind of level of technology, it's but these are not, well, you know, it's maybe, that and I think like other movies maybe don't. And, and maybe, maybe that now more recent films haven't aged as well. I don't know. I'm not sure how to explain it, but it seems like something about no. it is like, this won't be, you know, they won't, they won't accept the aging of these movies as much as they would accept the aging of older, much older films. Perhaps. I mean, there are some, there are some movies from the thirties and forties that even though that's the case, I mean, I mean, they, they hold up amazingly. Like there are movies that I know from thirties and forties that, that Goody and I have seen that, I mean, I think are fucking fantastic. Case in point is a movie called Laura which I think holds up amazingly well. And it's a great detective movie, but yeah, I can totally understand how a movie like Beverly Hills cop, because it's pretty, if you think about it, I mean, Beverly Hills cop almost seems kind of, I guess you could say low budget per se. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, there's not much going on except there's not much action. I mean, it's, 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 it's not like fantastic film quality. It's just the eighties. It's just the way it was. Well, you know what though? It's funny you say that. And I was actually thinking about Laura having that same problem, though, because I, I you, I mean, you kind of said I loved it. It was fantastic. I got to tell you, I the minute you said that, I took issue with it because having watched Laura, Laura is such a noir movie classic, important staple that 
no, it's it's it, it, for me. It suffers the idea that I watch when I watch Laura. I'm like, oh, this is. I mean, I, the word tropey didn't really exist back then when I saw it, but it is. It has the classic noir detective tropes because it set a lot of those tropes or was part of that process. Yeah, set all yeah those you're tropes. right. But it, right. That's, but that's the problem is that for me, it's like, oh, he's the hard boiled detective. Oh, she's the femme fatale. Oh, look, it's always nighttime and it's raining. Someone's smoking. Oh, that you know what I mean? Like it's got a shout out to Vince Price in the movie too. Vincent Price is in that movie. So Yes, but but that's the thing, is that like it's it's one of those where in for me, has not aged well as a kid in the you know, a teenager today might feel the same way about Beverly Hills Cop. And for me, sure. that's where and I'm like, okay. You know, and and, and 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 I can totally see that because there's movies that I try to show my daughter who's, you know, 10 years old, you know, and she may not like it. And she says, no, it's just, it's cringy to me. But case in fact, I showed her, she watched, I showed her singing in the rain and she thought it was the most amazing thing ever seen. Like she loved it. She loves the movie. It's insane. I don't get it. It's, it's really just, I think really with, with everybody, I guess it's just based on taste. Okay. Yeah. And, right. and, and what, what right. kind of frame of mind you're in at that point? So, so Thomas, what's your what's your evaluation here? My evaluation of this movie is that it should never have been made. I think Eddie Murphy should have gone back oh to comedy. Oh God, I'm hanging up now. Wow. Just kidding. Okay. Okay. I think he made a huge mistake. Just saying. No, I'm just kidding. Oh wow. Fuck that. No, fuck that. no I'm just kidding. Fuck Trump. Anyways, this is um, get no. Dark so, real quick. <laughs> no, no. My my opinion of the movie. I think the movie. I mean, like out of scale of ten. I give the movie like a solid eight. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a good movie, um, you know, based in point, you know, considering what, what it had to kind of deal with as far as in production, because I've always heard that, you know, making a movie is just an enormous undertaking and it's a miracle that a movie even gets made 90% of the time. And so like, I mean, it, it, based on what I, what I've read of the movie and watching the movie and seeing how they put everything together, I mean, it's, I'm, I, I like it. I think it's it's a solid eight. I think it holds up. And like Goody said, I mean, it starts all those kinds of action comedy tropes that you see nowadays in a lot of movies, like Bad Boys. I mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Beverly the Hills Cop, you wouldn't have Bad Boys. That's I mean, a you good wouldn't. point. It's a good point. And, and I'm, not saying, uh, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying because of whatever, because of the black actors. I'm just saying in the an aspect of action comedy, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have you know movies like. Uh, shit, what's the movie? You wouldn't have Twenty One Jump Street. You wouldn't yeah. have. I mean, you wouldn't have. Uh, if you go back in the eighties, you wouldn't have Running Scared. You wouldn't have uh, Midnight Run. You wouldn't have. You know, you know, you wouldn't have any of those movies from the eighties, and you wouldn't have Die Hard, which I think is an action comedy and probably the greatest Christmas movie of time of all time. I mean, you wouldn't have those kinds of things. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not. It, you, you, and those are all things that happened after. Beverly Hills Cop. You wouldn't. They not. They don't exist. I exist because I think influential of, on the industry. Exactly, and in my opinion, so that's what I think. I think it's a solid eight. But in regards to the aspect of how it affected the movie industry, I mean, it's 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 a classic in regards to that aspect. So I, I mean, that's just what I feel about it. It's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Can't say that I disagree. So did you already gave you already gave your grade, didn't you? No, no. I mean, I'd probably say the same. I mean, um, I feel like if I were to evaluate it like today and just say that this movie, you know, I found it for the first time, 
I might say something like maybe a high seven, but knowing how enjoyable it is, how nostalgic it is, how much of an impact it's had on the industry. Um, in, in regards to that comedic action, uh, you know, loose cannon cop who likes to play by his own rules. I love that now. And I mean, I'm also a sucker for Eddie Murphy. So a solid eight, 8.3, I'd be happy with it. Yeah. I think speaking of loose cannons, I don't think Derek's ever seen that movie. Goody. Have you ever seen that movie, Derek? Loose cannon. I don't think so. Oh, goody. You know, that's, I'm the, talking about that's the Dan Aykroyd. The Dan Aykroyd, Gene Hackman movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Dude, Derek, you need to watch this movie, dude. It's 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 quintessential, like, early 90s action movie. But with Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Oh, you gosh. I'm going to have to look it up. You got to look it up, dude. It's good. It's worth it. it All right, it, so It's going to follow the same track as this movie. Comedy, yes. comedy, ha, 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 ha. Oh, and then serious part when the bad guys are coming in and doing their thing. Like, it's going to be the serious movie. Yes, but up until that point, it's great because... Gene Hackman plays like some FBI or cop. I forgot what he is, but Dan Aykroyd plays a dude who's got like paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, it's fantastic, bro. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I'll check it out. Yeah, you should watch it. All right. So, uh, so the next question is, is does this movie deserve a sequel? Well, apparently it does because they made two more, but I mean, I know <laughs> <laughs> they're making a fourth part now. That's actually in the works. Is it? They're making a fourth cancel it. No, no, it's in. It's still in process. It's. I mean, it's in development. I mean, God knows when it happens. Yeah. But it's in development. I mean, and and with Eddie Murphy, the way he's doing things now, I mean, he's gonna want to do it, and he's gonna. He's. I mean, he's already said he wants to do it, and I mean, he's 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 gonna come out with his his first Netflix special in fucking thirty years. His first comedy special is gonna be on Netflix. Um, he's got a movie coming out on Netflix supposedly soon. Another one. I mean, he's he's killing it, man. Eddie Murphy, because now he's, all his kids are older, so now he can just go crazy. Because he was making all his movies in the '90s because he had kids, he had little kids that were growing up, and he didn't want to make R-rated movies. Didn't you mention him? So, he's got like thirty kids or something. Yeah, he's got like ten kids, dude. Jeez, man, talk about. He's got like 10, 12 kids from like two different, from like two wives, I think, or at least one of them. He's got all of them from one or at least from from his two wives. But I think it's from his first wife. He's got all his kids. I mean, his, he's got a huge house. And there's an episode, you know, that he did with his first Barbara Walters special interview was him at his house with his wife when he had just bought it. The house was empty. It was empty. Jeez. His house is gigantic. I mean, he's got so much money. I mean, so much money. I mean, he doesn't even need to act anymore. But he's got a ton of cash. If you want a family, man, like, do it. Do it right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He did it right, dude. He did it right. But, yeah, so they're they're, they're thinking about a fourth. They're they're working on a fourth part. It's development. God knows when it happens. But knowing Don Simpson, I mean, mean, Jerry Bruckheimer, because Don Simpson's dead, you know, God rest his soul. But, I mean, knowing Jerry Bruckheimer – He's going to continue to make movies as you know as well as he wants. And the cool thing is, I always thought it was funny, you know, fun fact. Every sequel that he makes, that Jerry Bruckheimer makes, that he had made the original or even, you know, uh, one of the episodes, one of the movies that he still owns producing rights on. If he makes a movie that he had previously made with Don Simpson, he actually uses their production credit before the movie of the two lightning bolts striking. So if you watch, even though Don Simpson's been dead, God, like 20 years, I think he died when they were making uh, The Rock. Oh, he's um, just paying respects to him. 
Yeah, so he 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 shows that little that little that little production image that they do in the four movies, the little thing. Uh, it, it's of the two lightning bolts striking, which was their production image. Uh-huh. And so and so now, but now he's like you know we're just like two you know lightning bolts lightning strikes twice in the same spot kind of thing. Yeah, but but like and then his production regular whenever he does it, it's just one lightning bolt at a tree. You know what I mean? That's his thing. Uh-huh. But if it's a movie that he made previously with Don Simpson, he always makes it with the original. He shows the original one. But either way, like, like they, they, he, he's gonna continue to make them. He'll make sequels. I mean, he's making a sequel to Bad Boys Four. Bad Boys Three was really good. I don't know if you saw Bad Boys Three, but Bad Boys Three was actually really good. It was really funny. But and thank God it wasn't directed by Michael Bay. It was actually directed by some pretty good cats. But um, but yeah. So so I mean I mean they're gonna make a sequel. It's just a matter of time and scheduling. That's all it is. Because they're gonna they're gonna make money on it just on nostalgia alone. They'll make back the cost of the movie on nostalgia and then whatever extra is just fucking fluff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I, and I was just looking at, looking it up right now. Cause I was curious. And apparently, um, the, and this is, I couldn't find anything more current for whatever reason. I don't know why, but apparently the, uh, Beverly Hills cop four was dropped by Paramount. Um, but back in November it was reported that they were picked up by Netflix. And so now it's going to be a Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah, that's one in the in the group. Know about that. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. Now, that, now yeah, old. I mean, this is already six months ago. You know, seven months ago when they when they when that was so released. Money, they'll make it. They have so much money, they'll make that shit. So, well, yeah, they're buying everything up right now. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you'll see, you'll see Beverly Hills Cop four in probably the next two to three years. You'll see it. You know. You know, it, 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 whatever happens with uh, I don't know, Eddie Murphy's like comedy special. I don't know. You had Raw, you had Delirious. I don't know. We'll, we'll call it, you know, uh, you know, Immortal or some shit like that, or, or fucking, you know, Insanity. Who knows? I mean, it's just some weird name. Who knows? But you know, whatever they do, because like, he's 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 his contract with Netflix includes a comedy special, and they paid him a ton of money on his contract to make a comedy special. So. I'd be down. Um, I enjoyed all of his stuff. Yeah, dude. Oh, speaking of comedy specials, I always love that one scene in the movie where he's walking by and he sees the dudes in the leather coat and leather clothes. Oh, yeah. In the Michael Jackson outfits. Yes. <laughs> but it looks a lot like his... Uh, what Didn't he wear a similar outfit in one of his specials? Like Dangerous or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah he did, actually. Yes, Delirious, Delirious. There it is. Delirious. And raw and raw. Raw was a yeah. It was raw and delirious. The raw, one of them was the red one that he wore from Raw, which was funny. But anyways, all right. So um, we're gonna go. Let's just go ahead and move on, guys. Um, uh, first off, I want to go ahead. Do you want to announce the, the movie next week, or do you want to do the top shelf? You guys talk. Let's Let do top shelf let's, first. Let's, yeah, go ahead. All right, all right. Well, uh, Goody, go with top shelf first. All right. Uh, so what am I into this week? Since the last time. Um, I think what I'm now getting into, um, I, I got a little bit uh, burned out a little bit on the Yakuza game. So back to what game am I playing, doing right now, uh, is I'm now segueing to like third person action type stuff. So like just this week, I fired up, uh, which I haven't played in a long time, and I even started right back in the begin, back to the way, way beginning of it. I fired up um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, this game came out a couple, couple years ago. Uh, I got the full edition of it back when, you know, when, when they offered that. And so I just started up again. It was one of those where I didn't finish, but, um, but definitely, uh, yeah, it's gotten me hooked again. So, uh, I've just started that up again. 
uh, this week. Um, so yeah, that's that. I, although um, I think beyond just the game or beyond, beyond just video games, uh, one thing I've actually been really been hooked up on hooked on lately is um, one of these kind of uh, streaming video. You know, basically those these you know those people that make those like like, like on YouTube like those YouTube channels, right? Um, and one of them is uh, out these 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 British group of, of gamers that they do stuff called uh, one's called Outside Xbox. Well, they don't just talk about Xbox, but it's also called uh, Outside Extra. We talk about a lot of video game stuff, and I think I'm starting. And as much as I love video games, I've never really big into the big been big into the idea of like watching videos of people playing and talking about games. And, um, oh yeah, yeah, like the Twitch commentary stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so like, and so these groups, these guys live stream stuff, and they're really funny. And what got me hooked on them was the fact that they have like a ton, like hundreds and hundreds of like short videos. Some of them are only like ten minutes long, some of them are like even twenty minutes long. Of like, you know, one of them I saw today was like seven uh, seven villains uh, who are supposedly geniuses, but were undone by their own stupid plan. Or they'll say like eight ways that Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, was so weird it gave your brain uh, a dead eye uh, and they have like little videos like that where they do it and they're, they're oftentimes pretty funny and they're pretty they're pretty good about that stuff um and so they got me i'm really hooked on the those people this, this group and it's, it's, it's the same group of like five or six people and they do the little lists and now i'm starting to watch the little live stream whenever they come on the broadcast from england so um it's a little You're watching it like, not necessarily in real time but maybe on demand um, I, I, I want to say it's, I mean, it says live, it says live streaming, so it might be real time for them. It's just not, oh. you know, it, yeah, it's real time. For, it's, it's, yeah, it's real time. It's, it's live streaming, but you know, for them, it's, it's later than over here. So whenever they're yeah, live yeah. and they're talking about the evening, it's not evening over here. And they're like four or five hours ahead of us. Um, but it's cool. And I've really gotten into it and I'm, I'm liking them a lot. So yeah, outside Xbox or, uh, and like I said, outside Xbox, they call it that, but I mean, Maybe it's, there's so many cross, you know, cross-platform games. It doesn't feel like um, like very little of it seems Xbox exclusive. So it's a lot of stuff that the games I've played or knew about and all that. I said Xbox or outside extra, pretty cool. I like them a lot. So I've been watching a lot of them lately. Very cool. Very cool. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Derek, go ahead. Let's hear your okay. Um, so I've got kind of. I know a what it is. Ghost in the Shell and Netflix. Ghost in the Shell and Netflix. That's your. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I haven't even watched it yet. I mean, I'll probably recommend it next week because I'm a fanboy. <laughs> but um, so I have a bit of a split pick here, and I need your patience while I explain. Um, Netflix launched a show earlier this week called Midnight Gospel. Have either of you watched it? No. I have not even heard of it, actually. Okay. So, um, I don't know how to explain. Um, for for folks, live action or anime? Do what? The live action or anime? It's it's an animated show. Yep, all animated. Um, it's not. It's more cartoony. Think like Rick and Morty style, rather than uh, like a Ghost in the Shell type anime, like a traditional Japanese anime, right? Um, and I don't know how to explain, but there is a demographic of folks who like to celebrate a day that comes uh, shortly before the third week of April every year. And, uh, you know, there's some psychedelic characters that are very uh, 
colorful and they're drawn and animated in a very colorful way. And the topic that they talk through is kind of just totally abstract that to anyone who likes to enjoy some type of recreational drugs of any sort, hopefully they're legal where you live. Um, it would probably be very advantageous to watch this show. If you've enjoyed Rick and Morty, um, slow it down a little bit, keep the same kind of humor and you'll love midnight gospel. It's on Netflix. I think there's eight episodes. Um, it's actually a pretty cool concept. If you think about how they, how they, uh, came up with it, 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 there's, there's a guy who, uh, finds a guest who he wants to interview on a, on a podcast. And it's the, the director and a guest they're interviewing each other audio only and then essentially what happens is they watch the, the, the cartoon that has been animated, but um, it's a style where they'll animate the show, but there are no mouths moving on the characters. So the, the, the script hasn't been written for the show. It's just a visual story. There's no audio to it. And he matches the podcast audio to the happenings to the characters with mouth movements. And then you have a show. Am I making any sense? Is that coming across at all? Um, honestly, not really to me. I, I, I don't think I totally understand what's going on and what you described. <laughs> okay. So, I guess I better so, check it out. So if you watch them, if you watch a cartoon and it's on mute, right? But there's no, like the only thing they didn't animate on the picture that you're watching is the mouth movements. There are no mouth movements. There's no mouths on these characters. So it looks a it's little a bit. blank space? It's just a blank space. They just skipped that part. They didn't animate it yet, right? Um, okay. And so you've got this silent film that you can watch of these animated characters doing stuff, whatever it is, right? Um, they're going through an adventure. They're walking through a forest, whatever it is. Um and then separately, you record a podcast with two people as they watch this this anime animation thing with with no audio and no mouth movements. And then later on, they reanimate the mouth movements to match the podcast audio. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, so it's, okay, okay, okay. It's kind of kind of crazy, um, and and super trippy whenever you watch it. If you watch. God, the episodes aren't even that long. Watch watch one episode, you'll get what I'm talking about. Um, and then as a side note, I thought, since that's so uh, non-child-friendly, that topic altogether, um, I thought I'd put something together, uh, or pick one that would be a good pick for anyone who wants to watch something with their kids. And this is also on Netflix. It is an anime. It's something called Cells at Work. Cells spelled like, uh, you know, like a, I don't know, your skin cells. Like, like blood cells, yeah. Like cells and in your body. It is, and it is exactly like cells in your body because it is an anime detailing what happens to your body during life today, like life things, right? You get the cold, this is what is happening to your body. It's very educational, but it's an adventure between, in that episode, the white blood cell trying to kill the cold and the red blood cell trying to deliver the oxygen and... It's an anime, though. It's it, it was actually pretty good. Um, I didn't feel like I was watching like a school film in health somewhere, and uh, I don't know. 
if, if you want your kids to understand how sickness and blood and, and T cells all work, it's a great show. It's on Netflix called cells. At yeah, work. I, I've seen a little, little design, the cover art for it on, on Netflix. So yeah, it looks interesting. It's, it's, it's a passable anime for an adult and it's great for kids. And I mean, it was even kind of entertaining whenever you see, uh, they do one for, I think it was like strep or something like that. And, uh, you get to see how strep works and how it tries to attack the body. It, it was just kind of a cool show. Um, so it's an anime. It's a cartoon. You can watch it with your kids. It's good. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, for me, um, it's what I've seen this whole week. And the reason why I say the statements I've been saying on this episode uh, is Peaky fucking Blinders, man. I love that fucking show. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Goody, you ever seen Peaky Blinders? No, actually, I, I never really did get around to watching it, so no, I haven't seen it. Oh, dude, it is I've such seen a one good episode, show. but I I needed. I what was there was a similar show that came out around the same time frame that I wanted to watch, and I think one reason I went into the other one. I don't remember what it was. Dude, it is such a good show. I mean, the the, the episodes are so good. I mean the the. Um, the 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 what's it called the um the 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 storylines the seasons because it's it's a British show off BBC um each season's really short it's only about five six episodes a season but they are so good like the first two seasons just totally set it up I mean watch the show spend the time and really watch the show because you will get hooked and I mean so many people are in the show like you have Killian Murphy who's the or Cillian Murphy, however you saw his name, he's like the main character. It all takes place in Birmingham, England, so they have that real thick Birmingham Northumbrian accent, Goody. I mean, it's just it's crazy. They're all it's it's post World War One. Like the movie start the show starts, I think, in nineteen nineteen. That's when the show starts, or nineteen eighteen. So it's it's a really good show, and it's about this street gang called the Peaky Blinders who actually existed. Uh, of course, the movies you know shows you know takes artistic license but it, they, you know they they were an actual gang street gang in Birmingham England in the in the in the 1910s 19 or 1910s however you could say and it's basically how they became how they got to a certain point and they were you know they were got rich they became almost legalized but they still had criminal undertaking i mean it's it's a great show and you just see uh, it, you're watching the show and you're watching how especially this season um, this There's season, you're names seeing, in this show. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's, it's a good show. The, in this season, you're seeing kind of like a downward spiral mentally of the character throughout the show. Even from the first season, you're seeing little things based on, you know, the mental capacity of, of Cillian Murphy's character as a, 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 an aftershock of the war. You know what I mean? Of the great war. But you don't really see as much of it. But this season, it's really hitting him hard. I mean, it's really because because this season show he's he's up against something that he's never really been up against, which is having to do the right thing. Before it was just whatever I had to do for my family. I didn't care if it was criminally otherwise. I just wanted to protect my family, protect the business, protect the Peaky Blinders. That's what I do. This season takes a total turn. Where now he's 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 up against someone who is in his mind evil to the biggest 
to even where he's can't he's evil in the sense of as a criminal, but he's just a criminal. And all he wants to do is make sure that he takes care of his friends, his family, and his people, the people of Birmingham. That's who he wants to take care of. And what there's this time it looks like they're in their fifth season now. Yeah, they're in the fifth season now. But this up this season, he's seeing that there's an evil growing, which is what it is, is a growing in Europe. Because this is this takes this episode, this season takes place in 1929. Goody, I know you know what I'm talking about, right? What this season? So you're talking yeah, about like, it's, it's the year's 1920. It, it's yeah, but it's years, yeah. Oh, they start with that, but there's something growing that be, that came out of the Great Depression. What is that, Goody? Remember the rise of fascism? There you go. Yeah. So so he's dealing with something that he sees is very evil. Man, talk I mean, about like, a quiz he, out of left field. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. No, no, that's what I'm saying. The, 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 the show starts is he's you see it and he his mind can't fathom the aspect of having to deal with that again because he dealt with it to a certain degree in World War One, I, I guess, in his mind. That's what he fought against, but He's like, I can't. It's just, it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. And you can see he's going down. He's really going down like a, like a deep hole because of it. But in any case, but yeah, dude, watch it. You guys start watching the Peaky Blinders. You will like the show. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good series. And um, they've already greenlit. They've already they've already greenlit two more seasons now because it's a British show. God knows when they'll get to it. Because between season four and season five, it's been at least three, four years. Yeah, it kind of but, reminds me of another British show I, I like to watch. Um, that's from the same network, even, and they they tend to have an issue with stuff like that. They'll put out the Luther. Do what? Luther was it? Luther with Idris Elba? Oh no, it was uh, Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Same great, thing, man. I mean, whenever show. they come, get around to it, whenever they get around to it. Yeah, because well, I mean, because like these people become super big stars while they're making this stuff, you know. And then oh, yeah. like, right, go back. Um, the Hobbit. He stopped everything from The Hobbit and he's making he's printing money now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, I mean that's but I mean, yeah, definitely guys sit down and start watching the show because like I said, it's only five, six episodes a piece each season. And I mean, and it gets better and better, and you get more and more people. I mean, like Tom Hardy's in a season, Adrian Brody's in a season, yeah, uh, Sam Elliott Sam Elliott's in the first two seasons, Sam Elliott is. Ooh. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it's Annabelle Wallace, who's now is a pretty big, you know, British actress. I mean, she's in like every season. She's in every season. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's worth the time. It's definitely worth the time for watching it. So, oh, oh, one thing. I'm sorry. Wait, wait I'm sorry. Are you done, Bevel? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. All right. You're good. One, one, one addendum. I thought because it just occurred to me, and I've been watching this every night because it's actually something that Jenny Nara hooked on. Um, but it's also very limited. Uh, because uh, it has to do with the uh, with Apple TV Plus, uh, all oh, the yeah. program they have there. Well, the thing that like there's a lot of stuff that you know Jenny and I we don't you know you know we don't watch necessarily all the same stuff. My wife and I, you know, we, we are, there's some things that we kind of cross over. Um, but one thing that has like hooked both of us, uh, which I didn't know she'd be into it, but she decided to watch the first, first episode with me, and she is. It's that series on Apple TV Plus. So if you don't have Apple TV, you can only watch it through there. Um, or you know, pirate yeah. or whatever. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, whatever. Uh, well, <laughs> what we have is because you do the whole, like you buy any one of their products, what they call hero products. Uh, and they give, they throw in a free year. Right? They, they give you a year of Apple TV plus uh, membership. Whenever you buy That's those products. Yeah. So, so tell me, tell me about the show, 
All right. Well, the show, which is good, is called For All Mankind. All right. Oh, yes. That looks good. For All Mankind. And it's a great show. We're both, we both love it. It's like 10 episodes, I think, 10 or 12. I think it's 10 episodes. Uh, and the, the premise of this, which I might have talked about it before, but I don't remember. But now we're into it. The premise of this is that the space race never ended because uh, a month before Apollo 11 uh, got to the moon, the Soviets landed. And so it's interesting how you start seeing how history diverges from our history, our timeline, and how their timeline changes because of now the emphasis on the space program that we don't, we never had because once we got to the moon, it was kind of like the Soviets were like gave up or whatever. And like, all right, fine. And they kind of went different things and you have like budget cuts with NASA and all that. But because of the fact that, no, we're still in this race and we're, you know, we don't want to be outdone by the Soviets, especially because it's during like the, the Nixon administration, um, the presidency and like the federal government is putting a lot more money into NASA than they ever did in, you know, in, our, in real life. And so like, and you see what you see some, is some events changing, like, you know, they get to the moon first and then we go to the moon second and then we were, trying to, we're always playing catch up. One of the first ones I really noticed was kind of like obvious was like in 1970, I think it was 1970, you hear, you hear this like come on the news program, it's running in the background, like someone's knees on, but the tickers are talking, but you hear them, the news program and it's like, it's, it's a news report that Nixon uh, is extending uh, basically overtures of peace and a peace process, starting a peace process with Vietnam. All right. Mm. So it's like the Vietnam War is ending years. Like I think that some some people have the date like seventeen seventy three. Sometimes it's seventeen seventy five. But definitely, you know, at least three years ahead of time, because Nixon wants to take the money that would be for that war and put it into the space program because he doesn't want the U.S. to be behind the Soviets and it's always interesting sort of like awesome. alternate history stuff. I the point where I the show. I heard a lot of good stuff about it. Um, but there was there's okay. a, a lot of a show that came out maybe two years ago called The First. I don't know if you ever watched it. It has a similar premise, but I think it's more um I think it's more set in uh specific like what you're what you're describing here sounds like uh uh what if this happened, how would that play out, right? Um almost like they they kind of wrote a story around a change in events, right? The first is more uh, science-based, like, if we found life here, this is how life would have changed, you know? It might be, might be worth visiting um, after you finish the series, because I think there's only 10 episodes in the one you're watching now, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's only 10 episodes. But they haven't canceled it, so it must have done really well. A lot of the Apple TV, well, a lot, I didn't say a lot. A handful of the Apple TV shows haven't done so well, and they were already canceled, but this one is still on. Yeah, they, they, they. I mean, I like, I like. I saw amazing stories, and I've liked it so far. I've only seen one episode. And I started watching the second. My daughter wants to see it, but I'm gonna watch it when we get back into town. But yeah, it's. I mean, it, there are some good shows on Apple TV. I'll tell you that right now. Like the Snoopy and Space Show, my my daughters loved it. The the new Ghost Rider show, they loved it. They thought it was great. But um, but anyways, all right. So um, moving on. Um, uh, are you guys done? You guys okay with uh, moving on from here? You guys yeah, good? Of course, let's go. Yeah, go. All right, perfect. So moving on, the next movie that we're going to be looking at in the next episode is going to be the um, the great movie by John Favreau that he wrote and directed called and starred in called Chef. Uh, if you haven't seen it, 
watch it. It's worth it. We'll be coming back in, on the next episode to talk about Chef and talk about that motion picture, what we thought about it, our thoughts and, and everything. And, you know, just I, mean, I have a big place in my heart for this movie. Uh, but you guys, I don't think you guys have seen it, have you? I haven't. No. I've just heard really good things. So I'm pumped about getting to see it for the first time. It's, I, I, I mean, I don't want to blow it up to where it needs to be, you know, where people blow it up and oh, and you're disappointed. I'm just gonna say I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. My wife enjoyed the movie quite a bit, and she's and she's a chef. I mean, Goody knows this. She's a chef, and she was like, they really did their they they really did their homework in this movie. She says, well, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing it because I, I mean, I like John Favreau and I like what I've seen there, and and, and yeah, I like food and I like cooking, and so the fact that I'm gonna, and food trucks especially. And food truck culture, so like I mean, uh, I'm a street food culture, and so I'm I'm look really looking forward to seeing this. Just for, I mean, for that, but like yeah, it's gonna be good. There's so many, there's so many actors in this movie too that just came because you know they're all friends with John Favreau. You guys are gonna fucking love it. I mean, there's so many people in this movie. It's great. It's great. I'm pumped for it. Uh, but yeah, so um, so other than that, uh, why don't we go ahead? Uh, except for Goody because he doesn't believe in social media, uh, we'll go ahead and just give our social media handles. Derek, why don't you go ahead? Sure, sure. Uh, you guys want to tweet me on Twitter like you do? My uh, username is at uh, db underscore arrow a e r o. I'd be happy to hear about how my opinions are the same as yours, and if you think otherwise, then we can fight to the death. All right, and uh, my uh, Twitter handle, you can find me at at Jubay79, that's J-U-B as in boy, E-I-7-9. And also, we do have one for the actual podcast. It is at, uh, it's movies, the title is Movies on the Rocks underscore podcast, but you can find it at Buzzdown Podcast. Uh, so just, you know, just, um, look for us there. If you guys can, I'll put it up on the uh, description of the podcast. Um, and, um, any, uh, any, any farewells guys, you get to go. Yeah. Great show. Love it. What was that, Derek? You're breaking up. You're breaking up horrible, dude. I don't know if that's the show or you or whatever, but your connection came up really sucky there. But either way, I'm gonna go ahead and say that Derek is uh is probably just being, you know, the asshole that he is and he doesn't want to talk or even thinks lowly of everyone. <laughs> no, but it all his purposes. No, yeah. So, uh, guys, um, I will, we will talk in the next one. Everybody, watch the movie if you can, um, and then listen to us talk about it. Um, the only thing I have to say is, if you can, before you leave your house, always remember, check your tailpipe for a banana. That's all I gotta say. Later, everybody. Bye.